illegal participation on the defense. 15-yard penalty from the previous spot remains first down. This had better be a big play after all of that. Second down at eight, four and a half to go in the half, six nothing Beavers. Jonathan from the right hash from the zone 25, goes back to throw, and throws the out, and it's caught, and it's going to be a big play! Chad Johnson down the left sideline, nobody will catch Chad, and it's a touchdown 75 yards for the Beavers! This is the moment, and right here will tell perhaps all about that. Third and one and a half from the right hash. Simon's in the handoff, can't cut to the left, first down and more, 30, 25, 20, Simonton on his way, 10, into the end zone, touchdown Beavers, and the streak is going to end here tonight. The snap on target to Nick. he gets a much better punt away here, Sammy Strotter back to his 30 yard line, starts up the middle, gets to the 40, he's got a seam, 45 midfield, 45, 40, he's got a chance to go, 20, 15, 10, 5, Welcome to Illegal Participation, the official podcast of the Heinrich Tailgater. Recording this while firmly ensconced at the Heinrich Tailgater headquarters, I'm your host, head chef planner and chief bottle washer, Bill Heine Heinrich. Joining me, as always, from the Heinrich Tailgater Northern Command Outpost, the lead driver and director of thermodynamic lipid immersion, my co-host and brother, the Beach. Beach, how in the heck are you doing this evening? You know what, Billy? Doing pretty good. I worked both jobs and and just got home and just got tried paid. out a new Friday night. So anyway, stopped stopped at a. There's a new Italian restaurant over Ooh, in Woodburn. Uh, like a fast food. food. Yeah, Fazoli's. Faz- Fazoli's. Yeah. Fazoli's. How was it? It's not. It's not fast. The drive-through took forever, and they they had twice as many people in the kitchen as they should, and and only about a quarter of them looked like they were working. Yeah, um, did it just open? I, I, yeah, it was kind of interesting though. On the menu, they have like this tour of Italy kind of thing. It, they call it like the classic combination or something, but it's essentially a glorified version of um, of uh, Olive Garden's tour of Italy. You know, it's got a little Alfredo, a little spaghetti, a little uh, lasagna. Oh, what the hell, lasagna? Yeah, it looked good, but I just elected to go with the pizza bites or something. They're just breadsticks with pepperoni and cheese, and you dip them in marinara. Right. So good, bad, and different. Good, uh, and they were okay. I mean, it was fine. I had a little bit of Chipotle for kind of a late lunch, and so I wasn't all that hungry, but I wanted to try it. Nice. So I'll give it a, you know, I'll let them break in a little bit better, maybe try yeah. it another week or two, and then see how it is. Yeah, because they'll, they'll fire half those employees, the ones that don't work it, out worth the crap. Either that or they'll quit on their own because they just don't know how to work. But, yeah. yeah. They yeah. self-terminate. Yep, yep, yep. Don't they do that typically when they open a restaurant? Don't you end up, like, hiring 50% more than you need because oh. you know you're going to lose – that we, that many to, we, uh, we we do that when we do hiring normally. Really? Just, yeah, just if, a if, 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 yeah. If we need five, you know, five people, we'll hire seven mm-hmm. or eight, knowing that a couple, three of them will wash out. Really? Oh yeah. Oh, That's yeah. just sad. Yeah. Well, it is what it is. The purpose of yep. illegal participation. Were you going to say something else? 
Oh, no, no, we're good. It's just, no. Yeah. The purpose of illegal participation is for us to spread our inside experiences and passion for the Oregon State Beavers and others, and just generally talk some beaver sports, football, tailgating, and have some fun along the way. I uh, want to remind everyone you can listen to us on your iPhone or Android device on the Stitcher Radio app. You can also listen and subscribe to us on iTunes. If you do, leave a rating and a review. Hey, Billy, did you check that? Because you were supposed to check this week. That, that's if we why, have any ratings or reviews. That's why I left that, that pregnant pause for you. Oh, okay. Well, that's supposed to, I was supposed to ask you right then? Yeah, that's cool. why I left it there. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I did actually just looked at it this afternoon. And um, we have no new reviews since 2017. That is disappointing. Yeah. I mean, like almost a whole, probably over a year since we've gotten a review. Yes. But we've got six. We had six ratings. Okay. We had five five-star ratings. Uh-huh. And one three-star rating. Who in the hell gave us three stars? I don't know, but what a jerk. So we're going well, to ask probably, you. Well, probably that, what was it, that jackass duck fan from like five years ago or whatever <laughs> his name was? Oh, I still have that email. What a prick with ears. Yeah. But anyways, um, but uh, no, so that's those are the last ones we got. So if you're, if you're out there, leave us a rating review. You know, even just leave us a, a rating. If you don't yeah, five stars, please, yeah. please. Um, want to remind people you if can you, if you can't give us five stars, then don't leave a rating. Yeah, now, there's a couple <laughs> ways you can get in touch with us: uh, HeinrichTailgater at gmail.com, also at HeinrichTailgater on Twitter, and remember you can check out HeinrichTailgater on Facebook. Also, alrighty, Beach, are you ready to go into some Beaver sports news for the week? Yeah, hey, I was also going to make a make a comment though too. If you guys, if the people who listen to us, if you come by and stop by our tailgater. You know, we, we'd love to see you. Please say hi. We've had a few random people show up here this year, uh, this season. It's been awesome. Uh, I, I, I'm still shocked that people listen to our podcast and people come to our tailgater and, and all this kind of stuff. But it's really, really cool. So anyway, uh, if you guys are in Corvallis on Saturday, we'd love to see you. I'd love to hear from you. Tell us what you think of the podcast. Uh, we do our best for the, the schmucks that we are. Yeah, completely. Yeah, <laughs> completely. All right, Dimitri. Let's start with a little bit of women's volleyball news. Oh, my God, Billy. I'm getting a little chub just thinking about it. Well, the Oregon State volleyball team fell to number 23 Arizona Friday night to open the second half of Pac-12 play. Well, I'm I'm glad it's not their play that excites me. Yeah. Well, Beach, uh, then on Sunday afternoon in Tempe, in four sets, the Oregon State volleyball team beat Arizona State. Rock on. There we go. Now the Beavs. Freaking kick the Sun Devils' asses. That's right. The Beavs, who earned their first Pac-12 win of the season, improved their overall record to 11-13 and 1-11 and in Pac-12 play. Now Oregon State takes on a pair of ranked teams next week when UCLA travels to Corvallis on Friday the 2nd and USC visits on Sunday. That's a big week for, uh, for Oregon State getting some Pac-12 wins, huh? Yes. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So, uh, All right, cool. Let's move on to a little bit of women's soccer. Still just keeping the chub. What do we got? All right, Beach. The Erie State women's soccer team fell to Arizona State 4 to nothing Sunday at Paul Lorenz Field. Now, Arizona State took an early 1-0 lead off an unfortunate deflection uh, save and then added two more goals in the second half to win 4 to nothing. Um, Oregon State is now 2-16 and 16 overall, 1-9 and nine in the Pac-12, and they hit the road this next Friday for their final, ge- final game of the season at Oregon. Well, that's that's where redemption happens, right? Exactly. Any you, coach can 
And he coached them keep their job if they win Civil War. You win that game, it will be the greatest season of all time. Now, so Oregon doesn't have – University of Oregon doesn't have men's soccer. They have like – it's like a club sport there. But do they have women's soccer? They do have women's soccer. But they don't have men's soccer because of Title IX? Correct. Well – so they make it. A- I mean, yes and no. They're not going to say it's because of Title IX, but yeah, yeah. But they have, a, but they essentially have a club sport that plays all the Pac-12 teams. Is that correct? Uh, they play the no. They don't. They play the other club teams in the pack. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So Oregon State doesn't have a club team because we have a, a team. Yeah. Well, we might have a club team too. Okay. Club teams aren't run through the athletic department. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. But okay, well, the only reason why I ask is because the guy I work with, his son actually plays for the uh, club team at University of Oregon, mm-hmm. and I guess they had a really good season this year, and they're going to go to nationals. Oh, cool! For their club, and and so uh, um, you know, great, great for them. Mm-hmm. But I was just curious on, uh, I I couldn't figure out what because he's a pretty talented athlete. I think he plays uh, forward, forward or center. Um, but, uh, but anyway, yeah, just, just didn't understand how that club thing worked or why he wasn't playing on Oregon's team other than the fact that Oregon doesn't have a team. Yeah. So, okay. Moving on. Sorry about that. All right, Beach. Um, up next is men's soccer. I'm going to sneeze okay. here. How are, how are the men doing? I'm going to sneeze they, here and I, pol- I, I apologize for when it happens. Well, I was just, I was just going to say, hopefully they didn't play to a tie because that crap just annoys the hell out of me. Well, Don Chalo's sixth goal of the season lifted the Oregon State men's soccer team to a 1-0 win over San Diego State Thursday afternoon at Paul Lorenz Field. Nice. Then, just this afternoon, Beach, the Oregon State men's soccer team took sole possession of first place in the Pac-12 with a 4-3 win in overtime against UCLA. Now, the victory came as the Beavers celebrated senior day at Lorenz Field. Senior Hassani Dotson put the Beavs in front late in regulation before UCLA even the score up to force overtime. But then fellow senior Don Chalo came up big in the extra period to score the game winner. Now, Festering Glor Amanda scored his eighth goal of the season in the first half, while fellow first-year Sofane Jval netted his fourth goal of the, in the second period. Now, Oregon State will close out the regular season uh, on November 9th when they head north for a matchup with Washington. So if they're they're a top in the pack, does that mean they're going to go to nationals? Um, they, how does, how does I would work? imagine. I mean, that comes out with invitations, but yes, I would imagine they should be going to going to uh, uh, going to the tournament. Okay, so as do we know how the tournament works? Or we we'll we'll get the well, well you'll well, update the, us as we get there. Yeah, those those invitations will go out and tell them where the, where they're playing. So, okay, cool. Okay. That's exciting. All right, Beach. Um, up next, a little bit of wrestling news. Ooh, wrestling. Yeah. The Our, or- what was that? Oh, got nothing. Go for it. Uh, the Oregon State wrestling team opened its season uh, last Wednesday night inside Gill for its annual orange and black scrimmage. Now, the orange team, coached by assistant Ian Miller, edged out the black squad, coached by assistant Taylor Meeks, by a final score of 35-32 to 32 after a 17-bout marathon inside of Gill. The Beavs are now idle until they open the regular season on November 11th at the Mike Clock Open in Salem. Who's all going to be at the Mike Clock Open, Billy? Oh, they have different squads from all over the place. Re- regional or national? Um, from wherever they want to come. 
It's an open. Oh. It's an open, so people can come in from all over the place. Okay. All right. But probably nobody from Eugene. I wouldn't think so. Yeah, no. I unless have they have have they have they come up with anything down there? Oh no, bees are still uh, still have a wrestling program down there in Eugene. Okay, are they do they still have competitive? What is it? Competitive cheer? No, it's what's it? Acrobatics and tumbling. Yeah, maybe they could wrestle. There you go. <laughs> I don't know. I'd probably pay to watch it though. I would. <laughs> Reminds me of the Andy Kaufman, you know. There you go. The days when he was the inter- intergender, uh, intergender uh, champion, wrestling champion. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Beach. Uh, so up next is some women's basketball news. All right. The Oregon State women's basketball team's exhibition matchup with Northwest Nazarene will be played at 11 a.m. on Saturday, November 3rd at Gill Coliseum. Admission to the game is free as the squad continues its preparation for the upcoming season. So all of our ladies are exhibitionists. Well, at least that game's an exhibition game. All right. Now, um, Oregon State has already received <laughs> Oregon State has already received preseason recognition as the squad is ranked number nine in the Lindy Sports preseason poll. Now, Destiny Slocum was named to the Lieberman Award preseason watch list on Monday, and Katie McWilliams was selected to the Miller Award preseason watch list on Wednesday. Now, Destiny hasn't played for the Beavs yet. She had to sit out last year. She was, I believe, a freshman All-American who transferred from Maryland a year ago. So she had to sit. She had to sit out a year. She had to sit out. She transferred. Yeah. Um, did she use? Does she lose a year of eligibility then? No, she because she played as a as a true freshman. Okay. So. Uh, so. So that was essentially a red shirt. Yeah. So she could claim a red shirt year, even though it was just to satisfy the fact she switched schools. Correct. Okay, cool. So, are there any Pac-12 teams that are ranked higher than us? Um, I don't believe so. I just saw that one. Okay. I'll, I'll try to look more uh, next week. Now, the Oregon State okay. squad is 116 and 23 since the start of the 2014-2015 season. That's the seventh best record in the country, and has won 75 Pac-12 games over that span. Now, the four highest win totals in program history have all come in the last four years. And the Beavs have been ranked every week over that span. Wow. And I just say that because that's amazing from when, when Ruick came in a number of years ago where he literally had one girl on the team and had to hold open tryouts to fill out the rest of the squad. And they still had a pretty darn good year even with the open tryouts. Oh, yeah. They had to fight, and it was tough. But, yeah, he put together a couple wins. Yeah. Now which... the considering these were just girls that probably never thought they were going to play anything greater than high school. Yeah. Now the Beavs open the regular season on November 9th when Cal Poly visits Gill. Now, uh, just on another note, I don't talk a lot about recruiting and recruits and that kind of stuff when we do the show beach, but the mm-hmm. Beavs right now have two verbal commits from two pretty much consensus five-star recruits. Wow. Yeah. Locals or where are they from? Oh, I can't remember exactly where they were from, but still, you know, it's just it's damn amazing. These are the I, I believe the highest recruited or the highest rated recruits in any sports the Beavs have ever gotten. And and we're getting them because we've got such a reputation for yeah. having such a great program for girls basketball. Well, uh, because they they play well 
Um, Ruick's a great coach. And also, too, if you read about these these girls, they said, you know, I felt right home with the other girls. They made me feel like I was a part of the team. And I they I wanted, do have, I, you I know, wanted, whenever you see those girls out there, and maybe it's maybe it's with all girls sports, but you certainly see some camaraderie out there. Well, I, I girls, Oregon State's basketball girls well, basketball. Well, I, I think you want there to be that, whatever team, men's or women's. Yeah. But I think you really see some just the camaraderie and the if it was, you know, football you'd say brotherhood, but the sisterhood that they have yeah. and what they're building. So anyways, so I just I uh, thought that was interesting. All right, Beach, let's move on to a little to a little bit of men. I, I I like that that one thing you we you said I think it was last year, you know, it's uh it's built, not bought. Correct. So Oregon State Athletics. There you go. Built not bought. All right, Beach, moving on to men's basketball. Stephen Thompson Jr. and uh, Trace Tinkle scored 20 points apiece to lead the Oregon State men's basketball team to a 103-51 win over Montana Tech in a Saturday evening exhibition game at Gill Coliseum. Now, the Beavs had a 20 to nothing run to pull away in the second half and outscored the Ore Diggers 55-17 in the frame. Four other players joined Thompson Jr. and Tinkle in double figures. Ethan Thompson had 15 points, while Alfred Hollins and Zach Reichel added 11 each, and Kyler Kelly chipped in 10. Now, the Beavs open the regular season on uh, November 6th at 6 p.m. against UC Riverside at Gill Coliseum. So, next Tuesday. Mm. Next Tuesday. So, I really want to see the Beavs. Uh, I really want to see them get back to the tournament this year. I, I'd like to see Tinkle stay healthy all year long. Didn't we lose him about halfway through the season? Uh, he's had injury problems all the time. So, let's, let's hope yeah. he stays healthy. Yeah. All righty, Bees, you're ready to go under further review for week number nine in the Pac-12. After further review, the runner did cross the line. Touchdown. Week number nine, yes, Billy. There's only 13 weeks, so it's. it's... I, well, I was thinking. I was thinking about it uh, uh, to, uh, today. I was thinking, well, dude, after this tailgater coming up, we only have one tailgater left for the season. Yeah, there's only four games left. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Go, it, yeah. It goes crazy. quick. Okay. So let's, let's do this. I heard good things happened on Friday. Uh, well, let's see here. Uh, move, uh, heading into this week, Beach. Um, our standings were, uh, can I go? What? Kyle, well, Kyle, Kyle was, Kyle was the, uh, the second loser at 34. Out of 60. I'm, and I'm the first loser at 36. Uh huh. And Billy's just going to get knocked off his high horse pretty soon here at 37. Yep. But I hate you, Kyle. All right. Um, so let's talk about this here. All right. So first up, Beach, we had a game on Friday the 26th. It was Utah at UCLA. Mm-hmm. I, I just like to point out that I had a perfect, I had a perfect week this week. Not for that, but you know what my perfect. Well, we'll get into my. Perfect we'll, get, week. we'll get to the perfect uh, week. Yeah, but, yeah, it's perfect. Yes, yes. All right. Okay, Utah versus Ukla. Yep. Who'd you take? Uh, we all took Utah on this because Ukla is coached by bitch tits Tip Kelly, who we all can't stand. <laughs> that is correct. Utah running back Zach Moss gained a career-high 211 yards on the ground and scored three TDs, helping the 23rd-ranked Utes beat UCLA 41-10 to on Friday night. Now, Britton Covey had 132 all-purpose yards and threw a touchdown pass for the Utes, who won their fourth consecutive game. 
Armand Shine ran for a touchdown, and Matt Gay kicked two field goals. Now, Utah scored 28 straight points after falling behind 7-3 in the first quarter. Covey threw a 7-yard TD pass to tight end Cole Fotherington off a reverse to make it 10-7 midway through the second quarter. And Moss had a one-yard touchdown run in the second and third quarters. Now, Josh Kelly ran for 90 yards and a TD, but the Bruins were unable to get their third straight win. Uh, Wilson Spate was 20 of 40 for 164 yards passing with two interceptions. So right now, good old Chip Kelly does not look like the offensive genius. That's great. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So we all got the so win there. He's just, he's just offensive. That's all he is. Pretty much. Now, did you watch any of these games on uh, Saturday Beach? I, I didn't watch crap, Billy. Okay, you and didn't I even watch the Beaver game. Um, no, I well, I was I was keeping check on it, and, and you're gonna love this. At at halftime, I see the score, and I'm like. God damn it, this is like last week. And I'm just pissed, right? Because uh-huh. it's just like, did we fall down and are we just going to be stuck in this rut? Mm-hmm. Okay. And so then, I don't know, close to the end of the game, dad calls me up. Are you watching this? Are you okay. watching this? Okay. Well, no. we'll, 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 wait we'll wait till we get there. <laughs> um, up next, Beach. But, uh, but mind you, mind you, I don't have Pac-12 Network. I was at home. Yeah. And I, I, I would have gone to the bar at noon. To the bar. I had... To the bar. That's take. That's take. Um, I would. I wonder if anybody, if anybody gets what we just did, please send us a message. Um, <laughs> but but, uh, but uh, no, I would have gone to the bar to watch the game. But at thirty-one to three, I'm like, going, God, I don't want to drive down there just to watch an ass kicking. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that was a dumb move. But I did listen to the uh, the the last few minutes of regulation and overtime on the on the radio. Oh. Parker's broadcast, yeah. and then I watched a couple of uh, deals uh, today on it as well. Yeah. So Parker's the way to go. All right, Beach. Well, first up before we get there, we had Washington at Cal. We all picked the Huskies on this because Cal should have gotten their asses kicked. Well, with a fully extended arm that barely grazed the end zone pylon with the ball, linebacker Evan Weaver did what Cal's offense could not do, and what number fifteen Washington only managed to do once. And that was score a touchdown. Now, on a day when the Golden Bears and Huskies combined for one offensive touchdown, Weaver matched it with a 36-yard interception return after Washington made a change at quarterback, providing the difference in Cal's 12-10 win over the Huskies on Saturday night. Now, the Bears had only 245 yards of offense and were limited to two field goals. But Weaver and the defense repeatedly bailed out the struggling offense while dealing a serious blow to Washington's hopes of a second Pac-12 title in three seasons. Now, Washington starting quarterback Jake Browning threw his 90th career touchdown pass in the first quarter, but was benched late in the third after the Huskies went three and out on their second drive of the half. Redshirt freshman Jake Hayner replaced Browning and threw an incompletion on his first pass before Weaver picked off the pass on third and eight play. Now, Peyton Henry's 26-yard field goal late in the fourth quarter pulled Washington into 12-10, but California milked the final 4.51 off the clock to secure the win. So, Beach, I you, don't... You, you said the whole time, though, you felt that Washington offense was, was weak. There, there's something wrong with that offense. Now, granted, Miles Gaskin didn't play, and Chico McClatchers had to take some leave for some kind of personal family reasons. 
Mm-hmm. But but still, I mean, I I said last week, Cal's got a good defense. They showed it against so, the Beavs. But what well, I have, I don't know the last time I heard of a team winning a game in the Pac-12 without scoring an offensive touchdown. Pretty impressive. Now, the only thing I can think of is the Beavs beat Washington about 2006. 2006, field maybe. Goals. Was that the field goal Eight, game? 18 to 10, just... where, where, uh, where um, Cerna hit uh, six field goals. I think it was like 18 to 10. Cerna just kept hitting field goals. Yeah, so I, that's, about the last, hit a field goal. that's about the last time I can think of it, but yes. I remember I just, that. I, I remember, crazy. wasn't it the following year? That we were, we were. They played at Reeser, and some some Washington fan. Like, I hate that guy. When he I can't wait till he graduates. Yeah, can't <laughs> wait till he graduates. <laughs> so, wow. Uh, okay, so um, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, you you alluded to it that their hopes of a Pac-12 championship are are coming. Who's going to lead? Who's leading in the North? Well, let's get through the West of these uh, games, and then we'll talk about that. Okay. okay? Okay. Okay. Up next, Beach. So none of us got the win there. Up next was ASU at USC. Um, Kyle and I both took a USC, but you went out on a limb, you asshole, and took ASU. <laughs> I changed my mind late. Remember? You did. You did. I show it scratched out here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I changed my mind late. So Nikhil Harry scored on a 92-yard punt return. I think you might have Gray Sports Almanac going on I might there. Be. That's all. I'm- Feel that he fielded the punt inside his own 10 yard line and eventually reversed all the field way back to his own two before returning it to the house 92 yards as Arizona State defeated Southern Cal 38 to 35 on Saturday. Now, Arizona running Arizona State running back Eno Benjamin rushed for 185 yards and two touchdowns as the Sun Devils ended the Trojans 19 game home winning streak, the second longest active mark in FBS. Now, Quarterback Benny Wilkins threw a touchdown pass and rushed for another, helping Arizona State win their fourth conference road game over the past four seasons. Redshirt freshman Jack Because ASU is one of the weaker teams in the South, are they not? Have been, yes. Now, USC redshirt freshman Jack Sears threw for 235 yards and two TDs in his first career start for the Trojans, which had not lost at home since Clay Helton took over as interim head coach midway through 2015. Michael Pittman Jr. had two touchdown receptions, and Tyler Vaughn threw a touchdown pass, caught a touchdown, and returned a punt for a touchdown. Now, after a poor first quarter in which he completed one pass and lost a, lost a fumble on an option pitch, setting up Benjamin's first touchdown run, Sears ended up being 20 of 27 passing for 213 yards over the final three quarters. Wow. Yeah. So They just turned it on in the second half. Yeah. So I got the win there. You guys did not. Um, up next, Beach, Washington State at Stanford. Um, we all took Wazoo on this one. I'm I'm thinking we stepped in it again. Did we? Did we step in it? Washington State quarterback Gardner Minshew completed his first 19 passes of the second half, and drove number 14 Washington State to a 42-yard field goal by Blake Mazza with 19 seconds remaining to lead the Cougars to a 41-38 victory over number 24 Stanford on Saturday. 
Son of a gun, they pulled it out. Yep. Now Minshew completed 40 of 50 passes for 438 yards and three touchdowns to lead the Cougars to their third straight win over the Cardinal. Now this victory follows last week's win over then number 12 Oregon, giving Washington State back-to-back wins over ranked opponents for the first time since 2002. Now Stanford quarterback K.J. Costello threw a game-tying 25-yard TD pass to J.J. Arcega-Whiteside with 125 to play but it wasn't enough to prevent Stanford from losing for the third time in four games. Now, Costello threw for 323 yards and four TDs, but made a key mistake when he threw a short pass to Bryce Love on fourth and three from the 32 in the fourth quarter. Love was stopped for a one-yard loss, and the Cougs drove down for a TD. Wow. Yeah. Tight, you know, exciting and tight games all, all, all up and down. Yeah, you know, I really expected um, Stanford to uh, kind of flourish a little bit more uh, against uh, against Washington State because Stanford has such huge receivers. You know, they mm-hmm. always have huge receivers, and a lot well, of that, Washington yeah, State's that, DBs are pretty small. That's, yeah, that's kind of the battle is the big guys versus the small guys because Stanford, Stanford just runs a big team. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, kind of, kind of like games. Oregon always has run. Oregon has run a small team for the last. Yeah, and Washington State has uh, some pretty small. Run small guys. Yeah. Well, Washington State has very small DBs. So, all right, Beach. Um, so we all got the win there. Up next, Beach, Oregon at Arizona. So, so real quick, is Wazoo's in the lead of the North? We'll talk about that when we're when we're done. Oh, okay. Um, Oregon versus Arizona. This is an interesting one because you picked the Ducks. And Kyle and I picked Arizona. Correct. Arizona, How'd that turn out for you, Billy? Arizona running back J.J. Taylor ran for 212 yards and two touchdowns. Khalil Tate threw for three scores. And the Wildcats dominated Oregon 44-15 to on Saturday night. Now, Tate threw you, for... You could almost say the Wildcats made the Ducks their bitch, is what you could say. Pretty much. Tate threw for 189 yards on 19 of 33 passing with an interception after missing last week's game against UCLA with a left ankle injury. Wide receiver Sean Poindexter caught two TD passes, and Josh Pollock kicked three field goals for Arizona, which had lost three of four. Now, Oregon got off to a slow start for the second straight week, committed three turnovers, and two costly mistakes on special teams. The Ducks were forced to pass after falling behind early and had 270 total yards, 190 below their average against one of the Pac-12's worst defenses. Now, Oregon running back Travis Dye lost a fumble, Star quarterback Justin Herbert tossed an interception on an ill-advised throw, and Arizona's uh, Chaco Ula broke through to block Tom Snee's punt at the Oregon six-yard line. Pollock kicked field goals after each play, putting Arizona up 16 to nothing. Do you you think that um, losing last week had an effect on Oregon's game this week? Uh, I don't know, Beach. I think, you know, if you look at it, Oregon's record right now is 5-3. Mm-hmm. And they are a missed field goal away against Washington. Washington missed a field goal in regulation from being four and four. Mm-hmm. And that's against a very soft schedule when you look at the other schools they played. All three mm-hmm. of their out of conference games were very, very soft. Yes, absolutely. And we discussed that earlier in the year. Exactly. And so you, you take that out, and you know, you take out those three games, and they're two and three. And like I said, yeah, who, a, missed, a missed field goal bait away from being one and four. Yeah, who do they have left? Us and who? Um, 
I'm not sure. The, they've got the Beavs. They've got... Oh, let's see. They don't play... Oh, they've got UCLA this week. Okay. Um, uh, and where, where at? At Autzen? they got to play Utah yet. Oh, uh, shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that here in a little bit. But, yeah, they've, they've got a couple... Okay. They got a couple tough games. All right, Beach. Up uh, last week, uh, so uh, you guys got the win there. I did not. All right, mm-hmm. Beach. And our final game of the week: Oregon State at Colorado. It's a goddamn miracle, Billy. <laughs> All right, Beach. Colorado running back Trayvon McMillan, who was held to just 25 yards on 10 first-half carries, ran 75 yards for a touchdown against Oregon State on the first play of the second half, putting the Colorado Buffaloes up 31 to three. But Oregon State quarterback Jack Coletto's one-yard sneak in overtime gave Oregon State its first lead, and the Beavers' defense held on four downs inside the seven to give first-year head coach Jonathan Smith his first league victory at 41-34. to But it was Jake Luton who rallied the Beavers from a 28-point second-half deficit, but they wouldn't have their first road win since 2014 without Coletto, who returned from an awful first half in his first career start to score twice on keepers to keep the comeback alive. Now, behind Luton's return, he's been dealing with a high ankle sprain, the Beavers answered McMillan's TD with a 75-yard scoring drive of their own. Only this one took 17 plays in six and a half minutes and included a trio of third-down conversions and two fourth-down conversions capped by an eight-yard TD to Isaiah Hodgins on fourth and two. That was an amazing catch by Hodgins, by the way. And fourth down conversions. I mean, just balls out. Going. We are one of the best teams on fourth down in the nation. <laughs> they're they're up over eighty percent. I just wish we didn't have so many fourth downs. Well, I, I'm I'm a firm believer. Like, I, I just can't believe how good they are on fourth down with how crappy the season has been up to this Abs- point. A- absolutely. Well, and I mean, I'm an Oregon State Beaver fan from from the the. God knows 20 some odd, how many years now? 20 some odd years, 27, oh, 28 years. I've been listening so, since the eighties. Yeah. But I mean, at least since Brad played and stuff yeah, so like, at least since 91 and, and you just know the way Oregon state is, is if you're going to go for it on fourth down, we're not going to get it. Hell, you just know if, if, if you can lose, if there's a, the only team that's worse than us is maybe the kooks. Yeah. In terms of uh, grasping defeat out of the jaws of victory, mm-hmm. and uh, and for us to uh, be able to convert that many fourth downs is, is truly a miracle season. I don't care how the outcomes of the games are. Oh no, I agree. Um, so, Beej, um, in the game, Isaiah Hodgins finished with 11 receptions for 146 yards and two DDs. Jamar Jefferson ended with 30 carries for 135 yards. He also went over a thousand yards for the season. That makes it the 16th season overall that the Beavs have had a 1,000-yard wrencher. He's the eighth player in Beaver history to have a 1,000-yard season, and he's the first since Quiz did it in 2010. Wow. Yeah. And uh, uh, Jake Luton ended up 28 of 39 for 310 yards and three TDs in two quarters of play. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, I'm 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 just shocked because Colorado, <clears throat> from the highlight film that I saw, <clears throat> excuse me, they they were just uh, they had some massively big plays and and uh, some pretty impressive uh, catches. Well, the beefs had the, be- the beefs had a good goal line stand 
uh, early in the first half that they held um, Colorado to a field goal, which was good. Mm-hmm. And uh, But, you know, it's funny. Uh, Jess and I, we watched the first half of the game, but then we needed to drive up to Portland. And so I told her, you know, I'm, I'm fine. I can listen to, to Parker on the radio. I've listened to many games on the radio, so I have no problem with that. So we're listening to yeah. it, and we were just leaving home when that first play happened, and McMillan got went, you know, scooting through for a 75-yard touchdown, and they went to 31 to three, and Jess kind of looked at me and went, "Ugh," and I went, "You know what? You just can't worry about the score." I said, "You got to worry about winning the next play. Forget the score yeah. of the game, just win the next play, and after that play, win the next one, and don't worry about the score. Don't worry about winning the game." Just worry about winning the next play. And so, you know, then the Beavs got the ball back, went down and scored. And it's like, good. Like, they, they won those plays. So now go out and win the next play on defense. And they had some good stops. And, you know, it just kept moving as things were going. I, I, and we're getting up I, to Portland. I'm like, holy cow, they might win this son of a bitch. <laughs> I heard it was the biggest comeback in Beaver history. Is that correct? Um, The Beavers had another. It tied the Beavers' biggest comeback in history. They had a 28-point um, comeback against Fresno State back in the early 80s. Although that okay. that one was done in like less than 10 minutes. Wow. They were down 28 points with like 10 minutes to go in the game and came back and won it. Wow. Yeah. Um, I was watching because I wanted to see some of the highlights. So I, I was searching my phone today looking for some stuff, and I found some highlights actually from Colorado. Yeah. And so I saw McIntyre get interviewed, um, and he and he gave kudos to to uh, to Coach Smith and and the Beavers. He said, you know, played a, a great second half. It was funny listening to the Colorado guy, though. He's saying, you know, th- this is just un, you know, there's no reason why we should have lost. Oregon State is a team that doesn't know how to win. They haven't known how to win for two seasons now. Or two and well, a half seasons. I, they, haven't, I, they haven't won on the road since 2014. Yeah. And that last time was against Colorado. That's I mean, correct. That was, that was his comment. And, and I, I thought, I will well, also, you know. I will also state that Oregon State had Colorado dead to rights last season in Reeser Stadium until Colorado wiggled out at the end. Mm-hmm. So don't, don't think you're, well, you know. USC in the mid 2000s and dominating the hell out of everybody. Well, that you that's know? the that's the funny thing was you've after had this one loss. decent season in like what six or seven <laughs> years under McIntyre. Yeah. Well, and and the commentary here was um, uh, now that they've lost this game against the Beavers, they're like, you know, we we thought we might have a good shot at at you know, you know, it's just a matter of just getting a bowl. Now that we might not even make bowl eligibility. Yeah, that was that was the concern on the dialogue when on yeah. the interview that I was watching. Well, because they they figured they were going to be bowl eligible by the end of October, because they yeah. won that game that would have given them six wins and bowl eligibility. So, but they still have to play Utah, I think, too, don't they? Oh yeah, they do. That's their big rivalry game. Ah, yeah, because they're the the two new the two new teams in the pack, even though it's not that uh, new anymore. Yep. So, Beach, um, uh, as we're talking about this, you know, um, Kyle was down there. In, yeah, uh, I saw Kyle's pick. Kyle looked Boulder like he was having a good old time. Yeah, I hate you, Kyle. So Kyle sent me an email, and he was uh, a little recap of what happened. He said, uh, I had a great time in Boulder going to the Buffs versus Beavers game. I met up with two fellow Beaver alums in Cheyenne, Wyoming, a couple of days prior. On Friday, I won our round of miniature golf and a rock-paper-scissors tournament at a bar. Things seemed to be going my way. I attended the game with my wife and Beaver buddy Brock. 
Side note, Beach. Brock used to work for me at Woodstocks too. Okay. Kyle continues. We had tickets in the visitor section. I ate a smoked turkey leg. It was very good. But you should not subject those around you to having to witness this. A turkey leg has a lot of weird cartilage pointy parts that you have to pull off to get to the meat. Side note, Kyle, yes, we know this. We're big Disney fans. Turkey legs are a big snack item at Disney parks. Even in Shanghai, on a side side note, in Shanghai, they serve them with with uh, plastic gloves because the Chinese don't like to get all uh, greasy. But anyways, yes, we, we know this, Kyle. Um, and I, I won't eat turkey legs because I had to empty the trash out beside the turkey leg cart in Frontierland, in the Magic Kingdom in Florida. Can't stand the smell. Mm-hmm. Now, I have had to eat Jess and Gunner share one, although I don't know if they'll ever do that again. I, I don't like to get messy. I and and I, I I don't like having to work around bone. I, I want it presented to me, you know, deboned. Yeah. All right. Kyle continues with his email. Things that I noticed during the game. During the first or second Colorado possession, Coach Smith was animated that there was offensive holding occurring on the on the line. He was out on the field and one of the other coaches had to pull him off the field, but it was in a crazy hands flailing way. I like seeing that. When they held the bus at the goal line for a field goal, I thought the defense finally turned a corner on playing the way I plaque. Pac-12 team should be playing. I was surprised they tried the Philly special, and it might have worked, but you could see Luton couldn't go fast enough because of his ankle. So, Beej, um, in the second half, they tried a reverse uh, throw back to Luton, but uh, uh, Hernandez had to rush the throw and couldn't get it to Luton. If he could have, Luton was wide open. It would have been a touchdown. Gotcha. Yeah. Kyle finishes up. It was great to see this win for those players that you can see have not given up and a coach who wants the team to succeed. So yes, yeah. yeah. From the pictures I a, saw, a, a big contradiction. A big contradiction from last year. Yeah, and big, uh, big turn up from last year. It was good to see uh, Kyle at the game. Looked like he had fun, Kyle and Brock. So, yeah, I saw his one picture on Facebook. That was awesome. Yeah, but anyways, we need to get to a game there sometime, Beach. Yeah, I, I hear it's a cool field, and the weather looked phenomenal. Although I heard it was seventy on Saturday, and they could have six inches of snow by Wednesday. Wow. Yeah, big. It's a you know, 40, 50 degree swing in uh, temperature right there. So, but anyways, BJ, yeah, great game. I love to see the comeback. I love to see the fight. It, it was good. What were you going to say? Hey, hey, Bill. Oh, do you hear that? Yeah. Oh, hold on. It's, 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 it's the, it's the teletype here. Hold on, Billy. Hold on. Billy. Yes, B. This just in. City of Eugene demands removal of products from store shelves immediately. An emergency request came from the Eugene City Council late Saturday night. It states, all retailers within the city limits of Eugene must immediately pull razor blades and sharp devices, leather belts, (laughs) rope, and secure all firearms, pills, as well as prevent roof access to any buildings taller than four stories. It seems there's a serious concern of suicides occurring over the next 24 to 48 hours. Uh, while no reason was given for the extreme action for suicide prevention, it seems 50 miles north in Corvallis, the only concern was a massive shortage of alcohol. <laughs> there you go. So. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Uh, like I said, Beach, I, I, I've known a couple of Duck fans, and I'm like, you know, you guys are a, f- a missed field goal away from being 4-4. Four and, four. and they looked at me like, I didn't really think about that. I'm like, yeah, you guys are kind of a mediocre football team. 
but they got ranked right off the get-go. What yeah. what is it? Well, there's you know I mean, there's several teams that if they show up will get ranked or at least get a look. You know, Florida, Miami, Florida State, Oregon has worked themselves into that position. I guess it's all the teams that that typically cheat annually. <laughs> there you go. Get ranked. There you yeah. go. <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> they 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 bought at least ten good players. They should win. All right, Beach. Well, at the end of this week, the final standings are. Kyle is at 38 out of 66. You are at 40 out of 66, and I am at 41 out of 66. And heading into the final stretch here. So we'll have to get ready to go. Still, still, still pretty tight. Yeah. Like a good German hooker? Like a good German hooker. Good and tight. Good and tight. Okay. All right. All right. Um, all right, Beach. it is now time for oh, – actually, first we have to look at the Pac-12 and the polls. Not a lot of Pac-12 schools I, in the polls right now, Beach. I was going to say one of them had to fall out quite a ways. Well, two did. Um, 11 ranked teams lost yesterday. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Were, were, were they all the overrated ones? Were they well, all the ones that were in there by default? Yeah, so right now in the AP poll, Wazoo comes in at number 10. Utah in at 16, and Washington, Stanford, Oregon, Cal are all in the others receiving votes category. Okay. And in the USA Today coaches poll, Wazoo is in at 11. Utah is in at 16. For some reason, Washington's in at 19 because coaches on the East Coast must have gone to bed. And Stanford and Oregon are in the others receiving votes category. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. I uh, This week, Beach, the first um, playoff rankings will come out. So we'll have to okay. see where kind Washington State where... stands, yeah. So at this point, if things happen today, though, if, if, if teams are pulled today, uh, the Rose Bowl would have Washington and Utah, or Washington State and Utah. Uh, no, let's see here. We'll go to standings for the Pac-12. So in the north... You just go to the Pac-12. There we go. In the north, Washington is at 4-1. and one, Or Washington State is 4-1. and one. These are just conference records. Washington State 4-1. Yeah. and one, Washington 4-2. and two, Stanford 3-2. and two, Oregon 2-3. and three, Cal 2-3. and three, Oregon State 1-4. and four. So, in this conference, in the north, Washington State and Washington both control their own destinies. Because theoretically, if they went out and Washington wins the Apple Cup, then they would go ahead. Correct. So they still control their own destinies. Um, Everybody else is incumbent on somebody else to lose. Gotcha. Um, And the Beavs are out of it. Um, But the Beavs could still go to a bowl game. They'd have to win out. Snowball's chance of hell. But But you're telling me there's a chance. So. Tell me there's a chance. They just got to win this week. That's all that matters right now. Okay, and in the South Beach, Utah's at 4-2, and two, and then you've got a log jam with USC, oh. Arizona, and Colorado. Well, USC, Arizona are all 3-3. Three and three. Colorado, UCLA, and Arizona State are all 2-3. and three. So you literally have every team in the South has, well, Utah's at 4-2. and two. Everybody else has three losses. 
So, hey, I, I, I was going to interrupt you here. So uh, during that interview uh, mm-hmm. with the, with Colorado, mm-hmm. they said at halftime, ESPN's uh, odds calculator stated that there was a ninety nine point eight percent chance that Colorado was going to win that game. Really? So you're yes, telling me there was a chance. <laughs> that's that's 99.8. awesome. 99.8. ESPN's odds calculator states that there's a 99.8% chance that Colorado will win this game. <laughs> that's awesome. Isn't it? That's awesome. So the South right now is a mess, although Utah controls their own um, destiny. Who does Utah have left here? Let's see who they have left on their schedule. Um, All right. They have Arizona State at Arizona State, home against Oregon, at Colorado, and that's it. Their last game is BYU. So Arizona State, Oregon, Colorado. And I would imagine they will probably be um, favored in all three of those games. Yeah, I would think so. And you were asking about Washington State's? Uh, remaining games they have yeah home against cal at colorado home against arizona home against washington wow so yeah remember last year they started out mm-hmm. with like five home games in a row now they've got three out of four at home to end the season so but anyways so there you go cool yeah all right beach it is now time for the tommy tuberville what's he think i look like a jackass you sure do Jackass of the Week Award. Every week, we like to give us uh, to discuss a person in college football who exemplifies the truly worst in sportsmanship, leadership, or just being a fan. This week, Beach, it goes to an ex duck coach and his whole team. Is it UCLA and Chip Kelly? No. Oh. It would be Florida State Ooh. and Willie Taggart. Good old Willie. We call yeah. him Will. Yeah, we call him Will. After number two Clemson <laughs> beat Florida State 59-10 to in the Seminoles' worst home loss in school history, Coach Willie Taggart said he had some players quit on the team and vowed to make changes. That can't be tolerated, Taggart said in his post-game comments. Quote, one thing you can't do, you can't quit. You quit, you don't play. So we've got to do a great job of making sure we've got the right guys. Didn't play well at all. That's on me and our coaches and our players. And everybody that's here, we've got to find a way to get that right. Now, Beach, the 49-point loss also tied the worst in school history, a stunning defeat considering the Seminoles were a 10-win team just two seasons ago. Now, as the Seminoles have slipped in recent years, the disparity between Florida State and Clemson has even grown more. Um, That was evident starting the second quarter when the Tigers scored 28 points to take an insurmountable lead into halftime. Now, here's a very telling quote, Beach, from Florida State defensive tackle Marvin Wilson. He said, I thought when I signed up to Florida State, I would never lose like this in my life. Now, the 59 points allowed tied the second most in the Seminoles have ever given up, which uh, happened against Oregon in 2014 and Auburn in 1985. But the Seminoles did lose 63-20 to Louisville in 2016. Taggart said, I think... Mentally, we're a weak football team, and we're not mentally strong yet, and that's part of the culture to changing it to what you want. We're going to find guys that quit, and we're going to find the guys that kept playing and make sure that we keep those guys in there. So there will be some changes next week. Seminoles also ended the game with 16 penalties for 134 yards and had two players ejected for throwing punches. 
And I said, we're giving it to Taggart and the whole team because, one, Taggart throwing his guys under the bus like that. I don't care if you did have guys quit. I I don't think you take that to the press. Mm -hmm. I think you keep that in-house. You deal with it in the locker room. And and don't air your dirty laundry out there. Yep. I just think it's not a good thing to do in a college in a college program. The other thing, we're giving it to the team because really, you thought you basically weren't going to have to work to win games signing up for Florida State. That's your problem right there. I thought I was entitled to a win. Yep, and that's your problem right there, and that happens with a lot of a lot of teams. You know. You know, you saw USC had to work to get back to where they were in the mid 2000s, right? They had a few, they had mm-hmm, a few lean years in the early 2000s, mid 2000s. They had some great, great things. Now they're kind of in some lean years. I think they've got guys that think if they show up, put the uniform on, the other team's going to bend down for them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's not the way it works. Yeah, I, th- I think Oregon has that attitude too. To a certain extent, I agree with you. Yeah, I agree with you. And it's just, I, I read that quote, and he goes, you go, I was just thinking, I, I, really? I don't think Oregon has as much, but I think under Chip Kelly's era, it definitely was. Yeah. So uh, Florida State coach Willie Taggart and the entire Seminoles team, you're this week's. <laughs> jackass of the week. Well, and, and also throwing punches. Yeah. And that That's just low class at that point. Yep. Like I said, take care of it in the locker room. You know, do what you need to do. But if, if you're playing like shit and the other team's kicking your ass, take it like a man. You know? So, all right, Beach, it is time for this week's musical interlude. What Queen song have you picked for us? Well, I'm hoping we haven't picked this one before. We need to start writing this crap down because I can't remember all the ones we picked. So, hopefully this isn't a repeat. Um, this one comes off the 1982 album Hot Space. Uh, while I went to number one in the UK, it peaked at number 29 on the U.S. Billboard chart. Mm-hmm. Um, it actually started as a song called Feel Like. And, really? uh Yeah, Queen was trying to record it, and they were hired another uh, British, British uh, singer to sing backup vocals on one of their songs called Cool Cat. And anyway, David Bowie recorded those vocals for Cool Cat, Ultimately, they never used him because he was never satisfied with his work. But he sat down with Queen while they were working on Feel Like, and it had kind of a, 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 a you'd have to, if you go on to YouTube, uh-huh. you can catch uh, um, bootlegs of Feel Like that Queen recorded prior to. Okay. But uh, ultimately, Feel Like became under pressure after David Bowie and the rest of Queen all worked on it together. Oh, cool. Yeah, so anyway, so Under Pressure by Queen and David Bowie. Um, and most people would know this song just through the bass line, which ultimately was sampled by Vanilla Ice back in 1990, which became the, the, basis, the, the basis for um, Ice Ice Baby, which was Vanilla, Vanilla Ice's come out song. Vanilla Ice created his own controversy when he released it uh, because he claimed that they didn't sample it from Queen and that it was different, yeah. but it wasn't really different oh, at yeah. all. Have you ever seen that video of him? <laughs> no, see, Queens yeah. goes dun, 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 dun. And he goes, mine goes dun, 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 dun. And you're like, dude, it's the same freaking thing. <laughs> it, you're not doing anything different. You, you know, you're you, moving you your head in a different way. 
Yeah, you just you know the the how old was Vanilla Ice when he did that crap though? Like oh, he had to be nineteen twenty. No, he had to be in his early twenties. Early twenties, okay, but but still, you know, the kid was young, dumb, and he rose to fame. I mean, he had a faster rise to fame than anybody I can ever recall, and he actually had a faster crash. I mean, okay. once he did music for uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, you know, it was yeah. pretty much Let's done. See. But anyway, Vanilla Ice <laughs> is six years older than me. I was sixteen when that song came out. So he'd been twenty-two. So he would have been twenty-two. The only reason why I know I was sixteen is because I was picking you up at, or maybe I was seventeen. So he was twenty-two or twenty-three because I was picking you up at Pointer. At at Pointer, and Barcroft was with me, and that song came on the radio, "Ice Ice Baby," and we were like, "What the hell is this?" (laughs) Yeah. Ah. You know, music really does dominate your your youth, I think, you know, when you're in junior high and high school. Maybe it's because you're driving so much and you got your radio blowing all the time. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Ice, ice. Okay. Anyway, so here we go. Uh, without any further ado and without getting too further into the weeds, mm-hmm. uh, here is uh, Queen with David Bowie in the song Under Pressure. <laughs> Why? 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 Why?
That is a great song, Beach. You, you know, I it was funny when I was reading the article about it. Um, now I remember vividly seeing a video for this where Freddie Mercury was dressed in drag, and like like he looked like a home like a housewife, like vacuuming and stuff. Do you recall that? When what? But I swear I saw a video for Under Pressure with Freddie Mercury dressed in drag, looking like a housewife. No, wrong song. Wrong song. What's what song was that? That's the song I want to break free. Okay. Which maybe we'll hear next week. Okay. Okay. So yeah. a little, little hairy lip on that when he was dressed in drag. Yeah, well, he's dressed in drag and yeah, still had his big old mustache. <laughs> but we can talk about that next week. Because that okay. was that was a okay. song I wanted to pre- that was a song I wanted to pick. Okay. All right. Well, we'll kind of ruin that for you next week. Well, hopefully everybody will forget it. Okay. Yeah. All righty. Moving on, Billy. Where are we up to next? Are we talking about tailgaters? No. It is time to preview week number 10 in the Pac-12. Oh, we got to get our picks going. All right. All right. Let's rock this. All right. Up first, uh, we got one game on November 2nd, Colorado Mm -hmm. at Arizona. I'm going to take Arizona. You just taking Arizona? I think Colorado is devastated from this week's loss. I think Arizona's got an advantage at home. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, I, I just, uh, I think Arizona's going to turn this one around and knock Colorado out. I, don't, I, I think that the, after hearing those guys talk about how they don't even think they're going to make a bowl game, I think that you know, if you, that's what you're thinking, I think you're going to achieve what you're thinking. All right. Well, Kyle says Colorado gets back its best receiver, Colorado, and that is true because Colorado played without Lavishka Chenault on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, Uh, I'm going to take Arizona. Okay. Only because it's at Arizona. Yep. Um, I, I don't. Air's a little thicker. Yeah. And I, I kind of tend to agree with you that Colorado is a little, a little defeated after that. All right. Beach, yeah. All the rest of the games are on Saturday, November 3rd. Up mm-hmm. first. Here's a good one. Utah at Arizona state. I'm going to take Utah. Really? Yeah. I think Utah is just going to dominate. I, too, am going to take Utah. Kyle says, bad day for the Grand Canyon State, Utah. So he's picking both Arizona schools to lose. See, last week was a perfect weekend for me. I'm sure it was a perfect weekend for you, too. Oh, so so here's here's what a perfect week works for me. Yeah. And I've added one to this. It used to be a perfect week was an Oregon State win and an Oregon loss. Mm -hmm. Now a perfect week is an Oregon State win, an Oregon loss, and a UCLA loss. Oh, okay. Okay? All right. And it was a perfect week. I mean, how often? I mean, we haven't had a perfect week in a long freaking time. No. So. No. It was... I, I can't, it I can't remember how long it had been since Oregon State won on a weekend that Oregon lost. <laughs> Other than the Civil Without Civil War. Civil War. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. All right, Beach. Um, next game. It's going to break your perfect week here. UCLA at Oregon. Uh, I'm going to take Oregon on that one. Taking Oregon. I, yeah, it's, you know. 
here's the thing. Or, or their fans are already defeated. They already are out of, of really any chance of, of going to the Rose Bowl. So for, for Oregon fans, it doesn't matter if they win out now. They're just too depressed. And I just want to see Chip Kelly just have the worst season ever. I, I want Oregon State to have a better record at the end of the year than Chip Kelly. That's that's my dream. Yeah, it could happen. Do they right now? Beavs are uh, two and six. UCLA is two and six. Mm-hmm. Oh, but the Beavs have two conference wins. So. The Beavs have two conference. I mean, wins? I mean, UCLA has two conference wins. Yeah. Yeah. So technically, they're ahead of the Beavs in, in the. Yeah, that's. Team. I want to see that. I want to see that switch. So I'll root for Oregon to beat UCLA. All right. Well, Kyle. I, I don't want to be. I don't. I want to be nine out of ten. I don't. Or, or eleven out of twelve. I don't want to be twelve out of twelve. Kyle says Chip Kelly's return to U of O probably have a lot of booze because Duck fans are horrible people. Upset UCLA. So he's taking UCLA. Really? Yeah. I'm gonna take Oregon. Just because I. Oregon's at home, and UCLA is just pretty terrible. I mean, they got one yeah. of those wins against Cal the other week, but Cal had, what, five turnovers in the game? Mm-hmm. UCLA scored two non-offensive touchdowns? They, they won by default, not because they deserved it. Correct. So I'm going to take Oregon. It hurts me, to, but it's going to take it. To, to, uh, to quote Bilotti, you know, they gave it to him. We gave it to him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we handed it to him. I'd like yeah. to see Bilotti how never Bilotti never lost a game. They just gave they gave the other team. The they, they ran. Out. I wish I wish we wouldn't have had to run out of time. Well, it's because the game's only played for sixty minutes, Coach. <laughs> you don't get to keep playing until you win. <laughs> I I'd like to have seen the game without all the turnovers. Well, no shit. <laughs> Me too. You know my team has turnovers. I wish every game we never had turnovers. Well, hell yeah. He was an idiot. All right. All right. Okay. Uh, up next, Beach, Stanford at Washington. Ooh. Um, even though you say Washington has problems, I'm going to still take the Huskies. They're at home. Okay. Kyle says, um, I wish one of these teams had been more consistent. Washington. I, too, am taking you, Dub. Uh, all right. Although there's some problems in Washington. I mean, Peterson benches benches uh, his senior quarterback. That was weird. I know, which which ended up costing him the game because the other guy came in and threw a pick six. Because he 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 benched him because he had a four and out or something like yeah, that. Two three and outs to start this this the, the second half, but I just I don't know. But he wasn't playing bad. I mean, well, they weren't moving I, the ball. I, I, yeah. I guess maybe he wanted to change up the dynamics. I don't know. It's stuffy weird. I don't know. I just it's weird. It's just not very. That offense isn't working like it should be. Now it could be because their offense coordinator is now Oregon State's head coach. But mm-hmm. who knows? All right, Beach. Up next, Cal at Wazoo. Um, Cal at Wazoo. We're gonna take Wazoo. Okay, I too am taking Wazoo. Kyle says, Cal has shown they have a defense. Cougs, Cougat, Cal. Wow. Yeah. That, that's some big moves here this week. He's got he's he's either gonna catch up to us or fall behind even worse. Cause he's got three different games than you and I. You and I are the exact same. Yeah. 
So, all right, Beach, last game of the week, USC at Oregon State. <sighs> you know what? I think this is a turnaround for us. I think, I, I mean, of course, I've never go against the Beavs, but I just really think we got a shot at this one. Uh, USC's just lost at home, hasn't for, for how many years? Yep. Uh, Oregon State just actually won one. Yep. Um, so one of them is is going to be living off of the the celebration and joy of of uh, victory. The other one is going to wallow in defeat. And if those attitudes stay throughout the week and go into the next next uh, weekend, then the same outcomes may may come around. Mm-hmm. That's that's my theory. Yeah. No. At least that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. Uh, Kyle says, if B fans show up, Beavers will win. Go Beavs. I, too, am taking the Beavs. Uh, you know, USC, I think, is still going to be down to the third-string quarterback. Second-string quarterback, you know, broke four ribs two, a week ago. So I doubt he'll mm-hmm. be back. I doubt JT Daniels will be back just because of the concussion protocol. He might be, but, you know, it still might be a little soon with the shot he took. Mm-hmm. And uh, USC's defensive backs are all beat up. Um, Tufunga, who actually is a true freshman at USC from Corvallis, um, I know he just broke his collarbone, which kind of wow. sucks because he'd been playing in his hometown, and uh, and now he doesn't get to. But I, I think they're down to like one healthy safety. So I like the bees' so chances. Tell me, is, is they they got a chance. Bees got a chance. Bees got a chance. All righty, Beach. Um, look forward to that. So what we have to do now is we need to talk about our tailgater for the USC game. Yes. So it's going to be a long one. Kickoff is at 7. What time will we be out there and set up? Uh, we're going to be out there at 7. Yeah, 7 well, we'll be set up and ready to go by 7 a.m. Correct. Now, we will have to probably so do some kind of lunch stuff. Yeah, because this can be an 11-hour tailgater. This is the longest we can pretty much have. Pretty much. Um, so we're going to start out with uh, probably some lunch. Would you like to do the deep-fried stuff again? I, I do like deep-fried stuff. Maybe something a little bit, you know, but something to augment it a little bit that's not deep-fried. Like what? I don't know. I'm just. I don't know what. I do what? What kind of deep fried stuff were you able to part get? Well, what do you want? Those those potatoes went well last. We'll, last we'll bring week. we'll bring those potatoes out. I was gonna get some more fish. The fish does really well. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. We can do fish and, and potatoes. And good good tartar sauce. That sure. sounds good. Fish and chips. Yeah, do some oh, fish, fish and chips. And chips. Um, I don't know. It's it's not supposed to be too incredibly cold. But if you didn't want to do that, we could do soup. We could do, uh, even though it's not, uh, I was going to say we could do clam chowder if you want to do clam chowder, but what other kind of soup is there? Uh, we could do some just potato soup or some beer cheese soup. I'd I almost rather do potato soup. Okay, well, we'll think about it. I don't know if we'll do soup. Might just, okay. might, might just do deep fried stuff. Um, okay. And then for our main course in the evening, I figure we'll start around 4 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I'll probably start about 3 o'clock, actually. Uh, we'll do L.A. Street Dogs. And pulled pork nachos. Yes. So um, for those of you that don't know, L.A. Street Dogs. So whenever you come out of a big event like at uh, USC's uh, Coliseum or out of the Staples Center, um, there's always these little kind of street vendors out there that are selling bacon-wrapped hot dogs. And they're all over the place. Yeah. And I would never eat one because I value my health too much. Yes. And not because I think they're bad for you. I just don't know how they actually handle these things. (laughs) <laughs> because these little vendors are, they're no way they're past any kind of health code. 
Yeah, they just, they just got a grill. They just, just got a grill top burner, out there. Yeah. Yeah. On these little makeshift carts. Hot dogs for guys. So, well, but they're gonna... probably still cheaper than the dogs inside. True. So we'll do bacon wrapped hot dogs, pulled pork nachos. That means we can have um, uh, black beans, refried beans, um, cheese, sauce, cheese sauce, onions and peppers, all that kind of all that kind of stuff. Sour cream, guacamole, um, pico. I'll okay. get some green salsa for you. I do because I don't like the pico, but I do love me some green salsa. Yep. And we'll do also some uh, deep fried stuff too. Okay. So I, I like I said, I think the potatoes worked out really well. I do too. Um, People like those, and I like those, in, and I like those in the warming thing too. Yeah. You but they didn't go. You know, they they stay well. You know, those kind of potatoes, even when they get a little bit soft, are still okay. Yeah. And uh, I thought I was doing them at a pretty good rate last uh, a yeah, week ago. Yeah, last week. Now. Yeah, keep keep them together. While we're doing all this, I don't know when and when I will be there. You got to work. Because I'm going to have to work. We have a hundred and we have a huge order. Okay. And so I'm going to have to go into Woodstock's and make pies. But what I'm hoping to do is go in early, get them knocked out, come back and tailgate, and then when the tailgate's over, go back to work and finish it up. So what there is is we have a 170 pizza order for USC after the game. Really? Yes, for the team. And so, but we'll just have to get some of them um, made and ready to go so that we can start. Cause t- to cook that many pizzas is going to take us probably close to two hours. So we're going to have to start cooking early. The one nice thing about mm-hmm. a seven o'clock kickoff is we should be through most of the dinner rush by then. So, but what I'm thinking is, and, and I haven't spoken with the owner, um, but hopefully get in there maybe like 11 and knock out the first, half that order mm-hmm. and then go back in at, at seven and start making the other half. That's what I'm thinking. So we'll see how that works out. Wow. Yeah. It's just kind of where we're at. Okay. So, all right. Tell me what you need me to do, Billy. Well, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out, but so okay. it's going to be a, it's going to be an interesting one here, but uh, this is an all hands on deck day for the shop. So, so I've got to be there. All righty, Beach. Gotcha. Um, it is now time for Beach's rant of the week. Forgot I had a rant to do. Okay, I um, uh, here's here's my rant. Okay, so I I'm a firm believer that if somebody offers you a service or or something, you you compensate them for it, right? Are you with me, Billy? Just agree. Yes. Are you there? Okay. Thank you. Didn't have to pull that out there. <laughs> Sorry, anyway. I, had, I had myself muted, so if I make any noise, oh. it doesn't come up through the mic. Oh, okay. So, so here, so one of the things I truly and strongly believe in is the idea of a, of a courtesy Coke, right? 
And Billy knows what a courtesy Coke is. Yes. Do you not? Yes. Thank yes, you. Yes, I do. See, I just, I just need you to chime in when I need you. Just, 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 just say yes. Um, so anyway, when you go in and you need to use a bathroom and you don't, and you have to use somebody's bathroom, uh, you know, a, a business's bathroom because there's not a public restroom around and God knows who would want to use a public restroom. But you go into a McDonald's, you say, Hey, I need to use the restroom. You go in, you use the restroom and you come out and you buy a Coke or you buy a couple of cookies or maybe a small fry, right? You, 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 yes. you essentially are competent. Thank you. You're essentially compensating the business for the fact that they are providing you a restroom. And a lot of people sit there and go, well, no, I don't need to do that. By God, yes, you do. You know, they're kind enough to have a restroom that you can use. At least you can do is partake of some of their services that they're they're selling. And this goes back to that those those jackass guys at the Starbucks who were using the Starbucks bathroom without buying a, a beverage, and they got called on the carpet and they said, "Oh my God, this is racist bullshit, bullshit." Have some goddamn courtesy. They don't just put the bathrooms there for you to use. They put them there for the customers. If you ain't a customer, you don't have a right to use them. You know, and I mean, you don't have to buy much. Buy something for Pete's sake, you selfish bastard. You know, somebody's got a hell of a lot of money tied up into a business trying to service their customers. And all you go in there is you go in there and you probably piss over all the seat too, you jackass. Buy the goddamn Coke, shut up and leave. So anyway, that's my take. You know, because I was thinking about this, Billy. Uh huh. I, I was thinking about this. Remember when we were kids and you're, you're going to school and I don't know if these things even still exist or not. But do you remember the old concept of a block home? Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. Was, yeah. I was thinking about that the other day. Yeah. So, and I don't know if these things even still exist. I don't think they do. But when Billy and I were kids and we were in elementary school, they used to put in signs if you were a house that, uh, and I don't know if they checked you or anything like that, but essentially you got a little sign to put up in your window that said to block home. So that if a little kid was going home and there was some kind of an issue going on, whether they're being chased by something or a dog or whatever, and a child was in, in harm's way. They could find a house that had a little sign in front that said a block home and they could go in and they knew that they'd be safe in there and that person would contact their parents or the school or whatever. And they would always tell you, what did they tell you, Billy, about a block home? They always said, it's not just a place for you to knock on the door if you need to use the bathroom. Correct? Yeah, correct. That was that was one of the number one rules. It doesn't mean you can just go in there and use the bathroom. That's not what these are for. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's the same damn concept when you get older. This isn't a place for you to go and use the bathroom. Mm. It's a place of business. That's what they're there for. Do their, you know, use their business before you do your business. Anyway, so that's my little bitch for today. I just, I, it frustrates me that people feel the right to use other people's services without compensating them in some way or another, even if it's as so minute as buying a courtesy Coke. Well, I, I know I, uh, the, you know, we do that. We've taught the boys that, that. You know, if you got to stop at McDonald's, use the bathroom when you're done, you go buy a soda at yeah. least, you know? Yeah. Cause it's, the, it's such, it's such a nominal ba- thing to buy. Bathrooms are there for le- customers. Yeah. But at yeah. least you're a customer. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. I just, it just drives me nuts that people think they're entitled to somebody else's restroom without compensating for it. Yeah. Cause those bathrooms aren't cheap to operate. They're just as expensive as everything else. It's all by square foot in those buildings and they need to turn money to pay for it. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. Well, Beach, um, that was that was a pretty good one. Um, I have to say, you know, our our new uh, our new segment that we introduced last week, ballsy, stupid, but ballsy. Mm-hmm. I got a lot of good reactions. Really, people really liked it. <laughs> so hopefully, we'll come up with some more of those as they as they pop up. Those uh, 
those kind of things pop up where we can actually use that segment. All right. All right, Beach. Anything else to add? I'm excited. So my friend Brittany's coming up for the tailgater on Saturday. Right on. So um, I don't know if she's going to be up for this. She's a little worried about a 11 hour tailgater. I don't think she she's going to have mom and dad bring her out about halfway through. I think when oh. mom and dad show up, which is probably going to be closer to like 11 or noon, I would guess. Right on. And then hopefully we didn't talk about uh, the the whole Greg uh, incident with. Uh, well, maybe I shouldn't name names. So one of our tailgaters got kicked out of the uh, uh, <laughs> out of the, out of the beaver uh, out of the bookstore. So, so that wasn't good. He just got so, asked to, he just permanent. got X to asked to leave. He wasn't uh, permanently banned. Well, that's good. Not no no permanent bans. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just not allowed to have yeah, open what? alcohol containers inside the uh, bookstore. Yeah. Good rule. Good rule. Yeah. Um, Hey, Beach. Uh, thanks for everyone for listening to show number 116 of Illegal Participation. If you'd like to comment, send a suggestion, ask questions, a few ways to get in touch with us, HeinrichTailgator at gmail.com, at HeinrichTailgator on Twitter, HeinrichTailgator on Facebook. Remember, listen and subscribe on iTunes. If you do, please leave a rating and review. You can also listen to us on the Stitcher Radio app. Beach. Billy. I'm looking forward to this week. Hopefully getting another win over the damn dirty Trojans. Absolutely. All right, Uh, until hopefully we see everybody out there on Saturday, here's a great big Go Bees. Um, so I'm, I was, I couldn't remember. Have we done under pressure yet? I don't remember. Cause I had either under pressure or tie your mother down. Um, I, I don't think we've done tie your mother down yet. Okay. Not as exciting of information on that one, but I've got it written up, but I also just looked up some stuff. On I don't think we've done under pressure yet. I don't think so either. I think we've talked about it, but I don't think we, you know, we mentioned it, I think briefly, but I don't think we did it. Yeah. Because, because I don't remember us having a conversation about David Bowie and all that kind of shit. Yeah. Or, uh, or, um, iced tea. Yeah. Or vanilla ice. Yeah. Vanilla ice. <laughs> yeah, well, one, of, one, one of those ice guys. It's sweet tea. <laughs> sweet tea. It's a little sweet tea with lemon. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. <laughs> sweet. Sweet tea. Oh, my sweet tie. You stupid fuck. <laughs>